0: Well, thank you i i don't even know if i'm completely so, conscious of everything that well, i said
1: consciousness. <laughs> what, what makes it so powerful is you right. literally were speaking from the heart and like right.
2: and like i just want you to know like on this show like you're not the angry black woman tm you are just not, like yeah. oh my god no like <laughs> do not feel like you have to hold back or like consider our feelings because it's not about us. It's not about white fragility. It's not about like keeping this delusion going that America is the same for everyone. It's about speaking the fucking truth.
1: Yeah. And yeah. like
2: having that truth reach as many people as possible. Yeah. So thank you so fucking much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Oh, Thank you.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask, you spoke about like transparency and I just want to ask, mm-hmm what that means to you, basically, because you said it was one of the most important things. And it is important, I think, for allies to be upfront so that whoever it is that they're trying to help knows their history, knows where they stand, knows how in some situations they've shown who they are, whether educated or not, um, Mm -hmm. whether willfully ignorant or not. Mm -hmm. How does knowing those things about an ally, how does knowing those things about them help, you know, and what what does that mean to you?
0: Okay, so when I say transparency, I don't mean like I don't know of any honestly any person of color that wants a white person coming up to them be like. So in my past, I have said. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely don't mean that because I I can't I can't even that was just yeah you guys are
1: like, look we're dealing with the emotional brunt of this and like if you want to come up and play confession like you yeah. went to the wrong goddamn place
2: <laughs> yeah go to church for that yeah yeah so
0: fucking <laughs> your Catholic ass go to church for that yeah. Dang. Yeah, please, please don't do that. (laughs) Definitely avoid doing that. Like, I think transparency with yourself, being honest and acknowledging whatever your past transgression was. And it could be like literally nothing super horrible. There are people that like, just acknowledging even at the very base level, like I've been a pretty decent person, but I've definitely, you know, advanced because of white privilege. It's definitely been something that has helped my life. That is you being transparent with yourself and acknowledging that i think on a larger scale something that i'm very supportive of right now is this initiative called pull up or shut up it's was actually started in makeup and it has expanded to the consumer world at large all these different companies like nike like food companies are getting involved now and it was started by this um black brand owner owner of um, this company called oma beauty and she basically just got tired of seeing all of these makeup companies that were saying, we are very pro-black. We stand with the black community and black lives matter. You guys, we're just going to post a couple black faces and call Mm -hmm. it a day. And she was like, no, either you're going to pull up and show us that black lives actually matter, or you can just stop talking. I want (laughs) to know how many black people you employ in your boardroom. I want to know what these percentage breakdowns are of your company at large. And if you have numbers as I suspect I want to know what your plans are to change things. And at first like, the companies weren't responding, but then people were like really like in the company's comments and stuff saying like no, pull up, like tell us what's going on. And it has become such a massive thing because you have really seen how many people that were kind of forced to be transparent with themselves that said like, oh, we support this, but like they support it because it's the fad to do and it was going to bolster them with more business. But now they have to say we support it, but we only have one black person on staff and no black people in the boardroom. And we also don't have any Asian people in the boardroom or any people um, in the Latino community. We don't have anybody really. Like it was just all, more and more of this broken down, and then they had to provide ways that they were going to actively make those changes and report back as, you know, the progress of those those changes being made. It's um, actually an Instagram page that you can go to and look at all these different companies, and they're keeping tabs on it. That is a really great example of transparency on a larger scale, is calling out, you know, these companies that are saying yeah. that Black Lives Matter, but they're not showing how they're actually being an ally in this whole situation.
1: What holds those companies accountable? Like what's being like, if you don't share this information, hopefully they're doing it out of goodwill. (laughs) Especially if it's a company that has just abysmal things to report.
0: Um, I I personally am very surprised that companies outside Mm -hmm. of the makeup world have done this. But I think honestly, the makeup companies at the very least will be held accountable by the consumers because it has reached a point where people are really actively saying, we're not going to like let this slide anymore. Like you can't just be softly racist anymore. Like it's a legitimate thing. You know, there are so many makeup companies that are really big, but they have these very like just subtly racist things that they do. Case in point, you'll notice um, a very big company will launch launch a foundation shade, for example, or rather a foundation range, but their range will be 50 shades (laughs) of beige and they'll have like, five shades for you know black people and it's you know i am not necessarily a dark-skinned black person i'm considered light-skinned and i can barely find my shade so i know like my cousin who's much darker than me Mm -hmm. definitely can't find her shade there and they definitely can't find our our undertones and that's like a common thing is that brands will launch these companies and they'll launch all these campaigns and all these products but they don't care to cater to anybody that's Black. They don't care about us. You know, they don't care to hire more Black people to help them work on these things. And so I think that being held accountable and seeing where people are putting their money is also a great way of showing some accountability. That's making them have to do more. Like, I can't even tell you the amount of times, like, being a makeup artist, working um, for a makeup store when I used to work for one, and um, my job, I had to directly talk with these high end brands and the representatives that would come to my store. And I would always ask them, you know, you only have these three shades. What about people that are darker? They're like, oh, well, they weren't perfect yet. So they're going to be launching in our next, our next season. And I'm like, well, then why not just hold the whole launch? Why why are we an astronaut? Like, but that's what happens all the time. And so actively saying like, Hey, I'm not going to spend my money on you. I'm not going to support you. I need you to actually be transparent and show me like the, the, these brands were only accountable in the first place because so many people like made them be accountable. You know, the woman that owns Oma beauty, she, you know, she, Is a wonderful brand owner, but she's not, you know, at the level of like an Anastasia Beverly Hills, technically speaking, you know, she her brand isn't as widely talked about as that brand is. And so, for her to get that brand to talk about what their boardroom looks like, what ways they're going to be implementing change, Mm -hmm. is a huge deal. And that comes from the consumers that, you know, shop that brand, that buy it from that brand. The fact that like Nike and Adidas got involved is a big deal because they're like, You use black faces in your advertisements all the time. Like, are you actually caring? And you know, you get people to like call them out and actively say, like, what are you going to do to make a change? So I think that's that's really how it goes. You have to have people and it can't just be black voices calling them out. It has to be a lot of different voices from a lot of different places saying, you know, because black voices are in there and they're they're genuinely, a lot of them are not even just saying, you need more black people. They're like, you don't have any dark-skinned Asian people. You don't have any this. You don't have any that. And they're like, you need to be more, you know, forthcoming with these things that yeah. you claim to yeah. stand for. You it.
2: can't, like, have a black face and then not provide, like, black foundation. Yeah. yeah the black face. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, fucking hell. Like,
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think that... it's just
2: it's just crazy to me how it seeps into everything mm-hmm. like i remember i mean like being younger and like white foundation for like whiter skins being marketed as like nude color you know mm-hmm. and how fucked that is because it just assumes that like everyone has white skin and like yeah. when the people word are nude. in the nude like yeah. They're everyone's white apparently when you're in the nude like that's and like the, the word nude
1: being used as a color I know like Kim K says like it's yeah. nude like <sighs> you know and all of these brands crayons
0: like it's just so <laughs> it's so crazy. it's kind of crazy. I I remember that just reminded me. It's not, I guess, quite the same thing. But I remember, like when my sister was younger, I we told this story all the time. You know, if you look at a box of crayons, you look at the names, like you were saying, of every all the colors and everything. So my sister went to um, a Catholic Catholic kindergarten, and. At the school, they had to paint this like nativity scene. And she painted, you know, everybody else, the colors that they wanted them to use were like the nude or the peach to paint Joseph, Mary, and Jesus. And my sister didn't see um, anything that looks like it could be, you know, what a black person would look like so she just colored them in black and she got in trouble for it and they had to like oh they like God. she got in kindergarten and she got in so much trouble for because i said she was disrespecting by using the black color and coloring it all over them she was showing disrespect to the school and to oh my God. jesus oh. and my mom i my mom was my mom laid them out, but I, I just like that that type of stuff. Like you're saying, like just this this is what's okay: the peach, the nude, the this. But this is not okay. This is disrespectful. This is ugly. This is wrong. Like that, that yeah. tells you it right there. One
1: hundred percent.
0: That's great. That
2: oh my God. I'm like, obviously this is an audio medium, but for posterity, I'm just face palming so hard right now. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking. <I'm... laughs> oh, that makes me so angry.
0: It's it's something that now we all kind of look. We're like, oh yeah, like we all kind of know. I feel like communities of color definitely do this, but I know within the Black community, humor is so heavily infused in the Black community because it's like we gotta laugh at something. (laughs) Like if we don't laugh at some of this, like we have to, we're gonna like literally lose our minds. So we literally have to laugh at something, and
2: it's just it's so insane because like. They were definitely not white.
0: <laughs> like, exactly. Jesus Mary and Joseph were not white. Like I'm st- <laughs> i mean, like you would think geographically, they would realize. Nope, Jesus is absolutely blue, eyes, blue eyes, apparently. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I mean, my parents have gotten upset before when I have been like, like Jesus, Jesus is
2: brown or black. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I've been like Jesus was like from the Middle East. That is literally like the location, the setting of the book that you're reading. You know, the Bible. That is where it takes place. As a story, as someone who majors in storytelling, (laughs) like. Found out what the setting was and this is what it is um and they're like um, yeah. like they i mean they were, it's it's you watch them go through the stages of grief it's yeah, like it's- start with no. denial and then i'm like oh no, this is the truth and then they bargain with you they're like well he must have you know it's maybe just he like he was like, like maybe he, he looked white and then it's life. like no those paintings the visualizations that you have been receiving have been false yeah. and
2: then there's you know, anger like, there's like oh well you're just being you're, you're just being, being a liberal yeah like, liberal blah blah yeah and, and then, then there's sadness
1: yeah <laughs> and then they crash <laughs> And then, they, and then finally they accept it, you know, after like right. probably a month or two. Um, you hope. Maybe years, yeah. You but um, You watch them <laughs> grapple with, with their own religion for sure. Yeah,
0: um, it's definitely something that people like... In, like, with Egyptian culture that just don't want to uh-huh. acknowledge that Egypt yeah. is Africa, you know? My um, thing, like, I'm like, you know, just like how Jesus was most likely a dark skinned mm-hmm. Middle Eastern person, you know? Everybody in Africa yeah. definitely was not white. Like, I just, I'm so sorry to break it to the world, but like, it's, they don't get it. They're like, no, <laughs> they're Egyptian. I'm yeah, like, it's like, like- in Africa. It's literally in <laughs> Like, it, that one part of Africa does not... like I know. You're yeah ...you're not just the like, rest like, you I don't... ...because you're from Egypt. Like, yeah. what the fuck?
1: And they made it a triangular thing.
0: <laughs> I recently learned... Yeah, I recently learned that, like, you know how you know, growing up, you would see these pictures or whatever paintings of what they believe that the Egyptians look like based off the hieroglyphics and everything. And you would see, you know, the really elaborate headpieces with the little colored tassels and stuff. I recently found out that a lot of those things they thought were just like decorations were actually like hair. Oh It was yeah. the hair of black people. Yeah, And I remember being like, that yeah. makes so much more sense. They're like, they're like she wasn't wearing a yeah. like, little tattoo. She wasn't wearing
1: like a helmet or yeah. a wig or yeah. like a
0: weird, like that. Um... Like,
1: Nefer- what is it? Nefertiti? Is that her name? Yeah. yeah. Like, I've seen yeah. Beyonce in that yeah. hair. And mm-hmm. yeah. it makes.
0: She had braids in a crown. Yeah. Like, it,
1: <laughs> it makes so much more sense that that is hair because, but all mm-hmm. we've seen is the art of the like sarcophagus and everything like that, which is like, of course, a solid color because. Yeah, and like, super
0: stylized. Sc- yeah. They
1: have and... to sculpt it and make it graphic looking
0: and even then they're like absolutely can this not have any texture in it that was just their mistake Like I didn't know what they were doing Um, like any excuse to say yeah they're like this was they'd rather it be
1: like a hat which is like (laughs) the fuck yeah
0: Yeah, they're just bald underneath. They don't. Yeah,
1: care. right.
2: <laughs> they wear wigs and hats. Yeah, and they're white. Yeah, totally. Makes oh my sense.
1: god! Like
2: the level mm-hmm. of delusion.
1: Anything that was hanging down that I feel like in Egyptian art looked like white hair it could have been like a shawl. Like it could have been, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just thinking of like specific Egyptian art right now and stuff that I've seen with masks and things like hanging from the masks. I don't know. I feel like people have made Egypt. This, like, yeah, very white thing.
0: Whitewashed, bizarre. And something else that's not really acknowledged is that there are so many countries in Africa and there are so many different parts and coasts of Africa and there are like black people of course like you know we have our black hair but we have different textures different curl patterns all the type of stuff much like you know people of other you know cultures that have curly hair but our hair is fascinating to me in that way because there's so yeah. many different aspects of it and they don't acknowledge the fact that like literally historically technically mm, speaking yeah. everybody came from Africa the big shift happens and it all came apart from Africa and they spread yeah. out to different parts of the globe so these different hair textures that we you know have now they acknowledge as like white hair they came from black people because black people have some black people have naturally straight hair some black yeah. people have naturally wavy hair some black people have all these different things and they just never acknowledge it they're just like that's not real that's oh, that's God. not possible
1: that's yeah i mean the
0: only the only reason.
2: Skin skin tone was an adaptation to like the amount of light that yeah. you got versus you what you didn't get. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally it. It was just it so happened to be like more advantageous to be I guess generally white skinned in like areas with less light because you could absorb more of like vitamin D, and that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like whiteness if anything is a mutation yeah it's also like it's insane (laughs) to me that i did not learn anything about african history african archaeology african kingdoms besides egypt until i got to college and took an african archaeology course it had to be a specific course because it is so erased from like the Mm. curriculum Mm -hmm. and like general western history but like so it was like rich in kingdoms and resources, and they had super elaborate cities and like trade cities and beautiful architecture, beautiful things. Like <laughs> yeah. but we don't learn about any of that. Yeah. And like for the longest time, anthropologists who were mainly white and used to like the Eurocentric form of archaeology were like you're like, oh, there was a rock there, it must have been a castle, or like they were looking for like Eurocentric markers for civilization. Mm-hmm. And obviously, they did not find. Eurocentric markers in Africa because it is Africa. So yeah. instead of concluding that maybe like African cities were different, they would leave behind different like archeological traces. They were just like, well, I don't see any castles anymore. So they must've had civilization. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then that myth has persisted.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you know where I saw some of the most incredible like African art in the world? in the Vatican. I know, I actually, I
1: I saw some (laughs) Egyptian art um, in the Louvre. There's like a whole section of it. Um, Being at the Vatican, though, I don't, I think I might have missed that.
0: (laughs) If you pay attention, I mean, when I went, at least, when you pay, if you pay attention, there's like, you're kind of walking through and it's all this really great Italian art, and then you just kind of see like little hints of casual genocide because <laughs> like for sure there's just like I remember walking through a, one of the many halls of the Vatican and I was like why is there all this like African and Egyptian stuff in the middle yeah. of Italy like what is going on and it it's, it really shows you where some colonization happened and some of this happened and
1: that's so true yeah yeah seeing it seeing Egyptian art in the Louvre felt it's weird like
0: like, it's fine if it's, like, a little section, but it's just kind of, like, if it's, like, by the way, we got I mean, this. One, and we did it was, like, X, y, cool to Z. see,
1: and I was, like, awesome. But, like, two, as you were saying, like, the, the, like, colonization aspect and the fact that it is literally an entire, like, branch of the Louvre like i think there are like five main like mm-hmm. sections of it and that's one of them mm-hmm. and it's just like egyptian art which in my opinion being there as you said like you're in a certain location so you expect to see that location stuff so it felt super kind of out of place you know where i was just like okay as i said like this is cool i'm like glad i'm seeing this um but, but at the same time the <laughs> where did it come from and like why is it here you know alert, yeah
0: yeah. 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 <laughs> (laughs) yeah like i think it's okay if it's like if it's explained like this happened for here like when i was at the vatican there was just no explanation for it like it was kind of like well you know what happened but there was no explanation for it i've never been to france but i would hope that the louvre at least had some type of explanation And based off what you're saying they probably didn't Mm, if they did i (laughs) missed it yeah (laughs) i would because like i think that they should show i think all museums should have various things from all over the world world depending like unless it's like literally just like an american right. history museum it's just you know that but like if it's a museum like you should have art from all over because they have art from greece and this and this place that makes sense but i feel like you know within that you should say we know that some of y'all were involved in some colonization so just like we may or may not have acquired some of this in <laughs> yeah this will you know, time, may may like... not had stolen this
2: and brutally oppressed people and killed yeah. thousands for if not millions
0: yeah I am all for artwork in the Louvre from Africa. I yeah. just want the Louvre to also tell me how they acquired transparency. The transparency, transparency, transparency like baby. Yes, yes. transparency. <laughs> yes. That's all oh, yes. I want.
1: Um. Yeah, hundred percent. So
2: speaking of positive changes.
1: Oh yes, yes. That
2: a you know at least a museum can make. What changes have you seen already, or that you would like to see in society that have been positive? What can we hope for mm-hmm. for the future? Like, what, what, what can we strive for? What do you strive for? Like,
0: what are some positive changes that can be made?
1: Yeah. What changes do you want to see from this?
0: Yeah. Well, some definite positive changes has been definitely just the acknowledgement Mm. of everything that's been going on that because that wasn't happening. But also the fact that I think it's really honestly beautiful that so many people that felt silence for so long are finally feeling the freedom to be able to tell their stories. That is a super positive thing. It has been very cathartic for me to sit on a zoom with my high school and be like, y'all hurt me (laughs) so much. And these are the ways in the art world, What's been really positive is like genuinely addressing a lot of the things that we talked about, like genuinely addressing the fact that there's not enough diversity or inclusivity when you're looking at who's actually working on, not just who's like on stage or who's in the spotlight, Mm -hmm. but who's behind everything. You know, there's Mm -hmm. not enough diversity and just basically every... Artful media, let's be honest. Like, not enough of people being highlighted in the ways that they should be. And I think that that's really coming to light, and you're getting to see more and more diverse voices and many different aspects of what that means. Getting a chance to kind of get that out there. I think that I have discovered so many more artists, artisans, brands, different things in this time because so many more people are talking about it. Because before it was literally like digging through piles and piles to try and find these simple things and now i'm like i have these candle brands i have like some skincare i have some i have more makeup like i have so much more and i was already actively looking for this type of stuff but there's even more now and more people that are like yeah. oh this exists <laughs> like you know that they can, we can support and bring this into like the normal conversation So I've definitely seen that as a positive change. And again, because, you know, we are very near one of the biggest elections of our lives. Mm, Um, The positive impact with how many people are finally talking about the importance of voting. The day that John Lewis passed, I sat down and cried and I was so heartbroken. But I've noticed the impact of how many people like kind of knew what he did, but didn't really know what he did and to really, really understand. And now like get like the gravity of what's going on, the gravity of the fact that people are still trying to just completely destroy what he nearly died to make happen. And the fact that like people are like, Hey, voting is really important. Like we actually can make this country into what it's supposed to be. We should be paying attention and we should raise our voices. And the fact that we have a generation of activists I think that's a really powerful thing, too, because it's definitely scary that we have to have a generation of activists. But I think that, like, because we are paying attention to what is happening in this world, it's bringing so much more to light to systems that they couldn't solve before. Like, we have all of these environmental issues, and no matter what, they couldn't solve them before, but you can't solve environmental issues without addressing environmental racism. Once you address that, you're probably going to start being able to solve a lot of the environmental issues that we're having because you're like, whoa, this is why we're having so many issues because all these things are being directly put onto these communities of color that are suffering from them. And this is you know, Flint. who, you know, do they have clean water yet? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. all that type of stuff. So... It's really making people talk about stuff that they weren't talking about before, and it's making them address so many things that just have gone unaddressed. And it is it is really positive and hopeful, you know? My goal one day is to have, like, a really happy, healthy family. I would love to get married and be a mom. But the idea of being a Black woman, giving childbirth, terrified me because of the history of that. But I can now be hopeful that we are making progress towards Uh me not having to be afraid of that, towards a lot of other women that are much closer to that than I am, (laughs) that, you know, are trying to family plan, not being afraid of that, because that's a fear for a lot of Black women, that we are reaching a place where people are raising their voices and they're uplifting each other, and we're doing a lot less tearing down. And I'm honestly even glad that we're kind of, getting at mm-hmm. false wokeness too, because there's this really annoying thing where people try to cancel everybody and everything uh, all the time. And we're like, there are more important yeah. things going on right now than this. And I think that it's good too, because it's making people like call that stuff out and be like, listen, this is how you enact positive change. This is how you make stuff happen. This is what you need to do. So I am very in a very like positive, hopeful mind space right now. I I really am. I, you know, they said John Lewis gave us his marching orders before he passed. And I think that a lot of us kind of felt that we had them already and he just really solidified it. And I think that we are all definitely marching towards a newer, brighter future across the country because these protests are happening Mm -hmm. literally everywhere. And I think that we are going to leave this country Far better than it was oh, yeah. when we
1: entered. Yes. It, for sure, I yeah. I really hope
2: so. I do too. Yeah, in a more personal way. Like, what are your hopes for your work? Yeah. Like, what do you want to see in your work? Like, where do you want to go with it? What do you want to come out hmm. of it? Like, just Ooh. like your hopes and dreams. <laughs> oh,
0: I can talk about this all day. <laughs> yeah, please, please do, please do. Yeah. <laughs> um. So i I really would love to be what some of the most important artists in my life have been for me you know um my favorite actor is Viola Davis she means like I get emotional talking about her all the time she is a lion I love her and besides wanting to work with her I would want to have the impact that she does and just her freedom and her steadfastness in being a Black woman in this industry and telling truthful, hard stories and showing the parts that normally aren't acceptable to show in every bit that she wears. She will <laughs> snot on camera. She will take off her makeup and her wig on camera. She will get a sewing on camera. She will do whatever she needs to do to tell the story and be authentic in it. And it's so powerful and empowering as a Black woman to see her do it because you just see this woman that, you know, has worked so hard and has so many roadblocks in her way, but that still pushes the envelope every single time. She goes there in a way that a lot of people aren't allowed to go there. You know, Denzel Washington is another one that has always done and has really paved the way. I would like to continue that and to be a part of a group of artists that's really making that more of a common thing, making that something that's not even revolutionary anymore like I would love to be somebody that did like a revolutionary piece of art but I would love to move to the point where like seeing black people succeed isn't so outlandish that it's like what black people can be successful like I want them to be like yeah that makes sense like yeah this is normal like I, I would love that I want my art to have a genuine meaning behind it, you know, and for people of all walks of life, of all races, I want them to feel like a positive sense of impact and change and, and just hope from the stories that I tell. I I don't expect everything to be really lighthearted and stuff. I quite enjoy the more dramatic piece myself, but I think that evoking really important conversations you know i am a conversationalist i can talk somebody's ear off and so having a deep conversation and being a part of something that can elicit Mm -hmm. these deep conversations would be the dream you know i really would love for my sister and i to we have honestly quite a few what i genuinely believe are very powerful ideas in our little repertoire and we we have some stories that we really want to tell and that we think, I think are things that we personally haven't seen, which I think is something that all artists should be doing. They should be trying to find a way to tell a story that they feel like they yeah. aren't seeing, you know, whether it's through, like, whatever medium it is. You're like, I don't see this being put out into the art world. Yeah. I, want, I want to see it, you know. That, that's, that's what I would hope to do, just to be to somebody else and to uplift somebody and give them the same hope that these people that I, you know, grew up loving to be able to do that back. I can only imagine, you know, who the next There will never be another Beyonce, but who the next, you know, person that means so much to somebody like Beyonce, like I am so excited for that person to come and, and make the world as excited and feel something in the same way that, you know, my entire life, Beyonce has done for me, like somebody that is so unapologetically who they are and so unapologetically black and so this, and so that, so that is, you know, my biggest hope for my art. You know, I obviously want to be really successful, and make a lot of money, all that type of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but more than anything, I want it to I want it to mean as much to other people as it does to me because Mm -hmm. I want it to be meaningful you might be that person I know
2: I I I just always go back to the words and I cannot remember where I saw it or where I heard it but make what you want to see in the world yeah that is just like my artist mantra Mm I'm just like you know I want to make the characters that I wanted to see in books when I was young I want to make the stories I wanted to read when I was little like yeah oh so that's just that's just wonderful to hear
1: yeah, things are clicking for me. This has been like such an amazing conversation from, from both life and art it has just clicked so many things into place. So it's been truly awesome, JL, to to talk to you. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to add to your already amazing... What is What has this been? A soliloquy? Is that... <laughs> is that <I> mean, <laughs> like... It's 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 amazing that I'm just coming away feeling like yeah. so inspired and like re, reinvigorated about everything.
0: I'm having this thing like pop into my mind that my mom would always say to me because I think that this applies to not only just what we were talking about, but to uh, just everybody, whether you're an artist, whether you're trying to become an activist, whether you're feeling a little bit hopeless right now. My mom always taught me these two things. Um, the first is when you look at the word fear... If you break it down, it stands for false evidence Mm -hmm. appearing real. And so we get trapped into this mindset that we are insufficient and can't make a change and can't make a difference and can't do something. And we allow fear to hold us back, whether it's from changing the country to making a piece of art. Because we're afraid and that's just this false evidence of what you think is going to happen you know, it becomes real, but it's not real if Mm -hmm. you don't let it control you. And then she would always tell me, you know, when I would get really hurt and upset about what was going on, because, you know, they would say, well, that's impossible for a black person. That's impossible for this. She would say, you break down impossible and you look at it and it says, I am possible.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and so I think I would like I'm a very hopeful cheesy person so I guess that like you we are born with so much power and we don't even like understand like how much Mm -hmm. power we have inside of us like, when we have literally shown what can happen when people just stand together and say, we are not going to take this anymore. We're not going to sit silently anymore. We are capable of so much and we have so much passion and possibility inside of us. There's so much that we can do. So I would like, I guess, to leave with that, that, you know, there's a lot of hope in this world and there's a lot that we yeah. can That's do so with beautiful. that hope. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I
1: am, um.
2: I'm like literally crying right
1: now. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I'm like, do in good. good tears. This is a good tears.
1: This is a good-. I was like definitely crying earlier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I've
2: just been, been crying this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's I cried too. We're Sometimes good. You need to.
1: Yeah. And for, <laughs> for fear of being like, um, cheesy or very Garrett right now, I. <laughs> There is this documentary which <laughs> I don't know, you may or may not have heard me mention, but um, it's the MIA documentary. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's I um, might have heard it once. maybe once maybe or once. twice, maybe. but um, it's about uh, MIA who's a Sri Lankan like refugee pop star. Um, and I, at yeah. the end of it, um, just reminded me a lot of that because she is, um, she's talking about how, um, anybody can be anything and like you never know like because because she went on to become something in her life but like there are millions of refugees who don't have faces who don't have voices um and she brings a face and a voice to that entire movement and there are millions of them so just the way that at the end she's like you know you give a kid a 505 machine which is what she used to make her music and a microphone and you never know that could that could could become michael jackson um you never know. And like mm-hmm, how people mm-hmm. have always like mixed and um, mingled and moved and how like interesting things happen because of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it makes me think of that and just about the potential that's within all of us. Um, and it's funny because her grandma was just like this total character. Um, but her eye was like blown out as a result of the war there because it it was like a it was wow. a sort of like ethnic cleansing or genocide against uh, people of like MIA's race who are um, Tamil and her grandma had like physical injuries and but she would just like sing all day and like kind of like chill out and like just sing songs and at the end of it she's like so what what life advice do you have for me because initially she wanted to be a documentary filmmaker um MIA did and it, that's what she was trying to do she tried to like go back home and make a documentary kind of like about her life which never really came together until like years after she's become something global and her grandma's like well you should do um what i do and you should just sing songs all day that make you feel good and MIA mm-hmm. just kind of like rolls her eyes and she's like advice for me <laughs> and she's like she's like that's what I think you should do <laughs> with your life. You should keep, you should just sing. And, um, and I was like, Pff, okay. And like blew it off. And now she is an international, you know, pop star. So yeah, it's just like, Amazing. um, it goes to show how you can just like write someone off, but a, you have the potential in you, you know, to be something that sounds crazy. And I definitely believe that's true for you. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. I see you doing huge things. You already are.
0: Well, likewise for both of you. Thank you. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> so we
2: want to know where to find these amazing things. Yes. So everyone else can also find these amazing things. So <laughs> would you like to give us where can we find you? On the internet.
0: Yes. So um, if you want to know more about the film that my sister and I are working on, you can find our little film page. It's um savage queen.noir on instagram if you want to find me um i am at jbea like spelled like bella j-a-e-b-e-l-l-a one three and i am on youtube at jbea as well
2: and we will put this information in the description as well Mm -hmm. so that everybody can find you and your amazing works (laughs) yeah and, thank you, yeah, I just I have no words like thank you so much for this conversation. This has been so like enlightening and powerful, honestly, like I'm not exaggerating when I say life changing,
1: yeah, like same here.
2: I'm going to think about this for a very long time. And
1: about. that's just us who are, you know, hosting this. What's so cool is that this is recorded and so many people Created. are going to be able to hear what you said and you're going to be able to just like change and touch all their lives, which is cool as hell. Oh,
2: thank and if you can do that just offhand, like stream of consciousness, then you can absolutely do that in your films, in your makeup, in your acting. Like you are just so talented. Mm-hmm. And like, I have... So much hope and belief in oh, you and like you. you will do amazing and i cannot fucking wait to see this film yeah because i'm like i'm dying like i need to know same <laughs> so. here
1: it sounds incredible
2: yeah so when it's out well, thank you very much please let me know we're yeah, gonna i definitely will yeah
1: awesome. i also wanted to ask are, are there any particular you know organizations or any Anything that's being done right now that we can, you know, direct people to that you love and would suggest mm-hmm. throwing money at.
0: Um, just in general, I already mentioned the pull up for change. I think that's a really great resource for people to know, like what brands are actively like trying to make a difference and trying to make a change and holding them mm-hmm. on their their own selves accountable. But I am desperately a part of this fight for Breonna Taylor and getting justice. It has now been I don't know the exact date, but I believe it's over 150, possibly over 155 days since she was murdered, and she's not gotten justice. So uh, colorofchange.org is a really great resource because they have petitions and constant updates on legislation, on everything going on for you. They have campaigns not only for Brianna, but for a lot of other cases of police brutality, of in humanity, they just they're a really great resource and you can if you're like i don't have money to donate i don't have this you can sign a petition but through there you can also find out about donating um there are a couple of websites for brianna taylor i have to remember the exact names one is um i think it's briannataylor.org to help it basically gives you more information and there, there's another one that's stand up for brie and those are really great resources for you there. I think all three of them are connected to her family in some way. And they kind of give you the full story of what happened, what has happened thus far in terms of the fight for her and ways that you guys can, you know, definitely donate, sign petitions, get involved. Those are all really great options right there. But honestly, if you don't know the story, if you're listening to this and you don't know the story of Brianna Taylor, look it up, read about it find out the information about it because if that story alone isn't enough to make you like angry and get ready to get involved then and there are so many avenues but I would say my favorite one for sure is color of change because so many petitions and so many different ways to donate and get involved are -hmm. are available through that site and you can sign up for emails and they will send you direct emails with updates on whatever campaign you're a part of so you can constantly be aware of what's going on that's an amazing resource yeah
1: yeah if you don't know who brianna taylor is at this point google that shit honey yeah please
2: oh my god educate yourself yeah
0: yeah Yeah. thank
1: you so much again jl like for sure transformative. transformative absolutely transformative
0: well, thank you guys. It was such a pleasure. It really was. And this is such a safe space, honestly, to be able to feel the ability to even be as emotional and raw as I was. So I really appreciate it. Of
2: course. So I'm so glad that like we were able to provide that. Same here. You know, because like my worry is almost is always like, oh my god, like what if I'm being insensitive or like what if I'm not being welcoming and being open minded, you know, so it's yeah. good it's good to know
1: that we're cool.
2: Like, all right. Like this is a safe <laughs> space, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean no matter who you are, if you aren't black, you just if you aren't being supportive, then like you want to change your ways and it's it's great to know if you are. So it's good to know that this felt like a safe space to you. I really hope that if anyone ever comes to you being like, "What can I do to help?" like you can just like send them a link to this.
0: Yeah, feel
1: like it God, that is the goal. Legs. That yeah. is the goal for this. Is
0: that, that would actually be pretty great because it definitely has happened. I um, mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I just really want you to be like,
0: "Pop, bye." Yeah, like, like that
1: is the absolute goal of this. Is I'm like
2: over it. Here's a link in yeah. the description. Bye. I'm gonna go have a margarita. Like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this
1: right Yeah, <laughs> like not that this is necessarily your one opportunity to say every single thing that's on your mind. You've done a good job of providing us with so much. Just the fact that it's it's now recorded. We know this requires so much energy and we've literally witnessed that with you today. I just I want for you to be able to conserve this energy because mm. it is so powerful. Of course we have to keep talking about this and of course we have to keep putting this in people's faces, but I would just love for People who this is, like, overwhelming on the daily, like, and making cry, like, all the time for this to be, like, a, like, stop on the train, you know? Like a
2: resource when people are feeling emotionally overwhelmed and, like, can't talk about it for themselves to just have this, like, repertoire of different Black voices who are voicing their individual pains as well as their community's pain so that to, to take the pressure off the individual
1: yeah and for you to at least be able to take a much needed rest for a month or two and be like Mm -hmm. you know like i know i said this last month it's still a little bit relevant like here's here's how i'm feeling and just not feel the weight of all of these people coming at you at once yeah yeah
0: for sure
1: thanks again jl
2: yes this has been an amazing conversation (laughs) thank you so 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 much thank you for listening Again, just to reiterate, you can find JL's contact information and the project she's working on in the description. Please support her. She is an amazing person, as you have seen, or I guess as you have heard. Ah, <laughs> working on a lot of amazing things.
1: Artist as well, so yes. So
2: please go support her. And Thank you
1: guys for listening.
2: And don't forget to brainstorm.
1: Don't fucking forget. <laughs>